So I overlooked a lot of the red flags because I thought what we had together was enough to look past those things. I guess that kind of personality that you're kind of drawn to. Um, so right off the bat, I can see the first text is at 3.21 a.m. But yeah, I didn't see these until the next morning when I woke up. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Could not handle anything. Threw my phone at me. I had to give him $20 in gas to leave. And then sends another text message where he has dropped a pin at my location. Hi, I'm Brad Pike. And I'm Sarah Magnuson. And this is Blocked, a podcast about our nightmare dating experiences, where we do dramatic readings of people's horrific dating texts. Today's guest is Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi. Hi, Sam. Thanks for being here. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. Um, So you responded from the Chicago Murderinos uh, Facebook group. Yeah. Um, And uh, what... what, uh, Can you set up for us what uh, you're going to be reading today? Yeah. So um, I met a guy before going into my freshman year of college, and we hit it off and pretty quickly started dating. And we dated for about a year um, when we ended up breaking up. And when we broke up, I found out that he had been cheating. Um, and just some other messy stuff. So we were broken up for about another year. Can I ask you, how long had he been cheating and how how bad was it? Um, I don't know how long it had been, but it was pretty bad to the point of where uh, when we had already broken up, but he was like continuously texting me. And uh, he actually texted me a picture of him and this girl who actually... <laughs> was his ex-girlfriend <gasps> um but yeah him and this girl together and was why, like why did you he do that i don't know <laughs> i hate this man i hate him <laughs> he was he was pretty terrible but yeah he sent me this photo of them together at the time and then um she was obviously with him and i'm thinking that she directed him to say this Um, but he was like, you know, fuck you. I never want to talk to you again. I never loved you. I never liked you, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I, I was naive and, um, yeah, it it was another year before we started like rekindling things. Mm -hmm. And, um, now can I ask you what, um, I mean, you were definitely young, um, and maybe, I don't, I don't know what your dating experience had been up, up to that point, but what was your reasoning for rekindling things with someone that had said such harsh things Yeah, um, and had cheated on you? I mean, I know it's kind of cliche to say young and dumb, but I feel like I kind of was that way with him, or I know I was that way with him. So I overlooked a lot of the red flags because I thought what we had together was enough to look past those things. I thought that it was really love and um, that, you know, my feelings for him were more important than things that he was like doing and saying. Um, He was really good with my family. My family liked him and yeah, I just. Yeah. 
Once, I want to somebody... go on record and saying no judgment because it is so easy when you've been with a manipulative guy mm-hmm. who does these wild things that seem completely separate from your reality. It's so easy to still love the person who you thought they were. Yeah. And I get that. I get it. There's something nope. comfortable, comfortable about the kind totally. of familiar manipulation, totally. <laughs> you know, yeah, the devil, you know, gaslighting, you know, he mm-hmm. would make me feel like my feelings were inadequate and that, you know, um, when I would catch him in like weird situations that would seem like he was cheating, which it turned out he was, he'd be like, no, you're just dreaming that up. Like you're just thinking that you're overthinking. It's really you. That's the problem here. It's not me. Do you remember any specific, do you remember any specific instances where you were like, it seems like you're cheating? I mean, there were just little things like, um, like when I, so I was in college at the point when we started dating And, um, I remember one time I got too drunk and I passed out before we even went to one of the parties and he ended up going to a frat house without me with my friends. So he was at a college he didn't go to going to a frat house where he knew, he knew nobody there. Um, and then the next day, some girls were like calling him and texting him and he was just like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like just people I met last night and, you know, Mm. It makes me so mad for you. Like I'm getting worked up over here. Like, uh, uh, as I, someone who's also been cheated on, I hate this. I hate this so much. I look back at it now and I can see all the problems, but in the moment I just didn't recognize them, I guess. Totally. Especially when you're younger and you're yeah. in college. I mean, that is such a formative time. You know, it takes forever to figure out dating. Also, you know? I remember being cheated on in college and the, thought I had was that I I remember kind of deliberately overlooking it, you know, because I did not want to know. Um, It it would just make my life more comp, more, more difficult. And I would have to have a conference, a really ugly confrontation if I discovered what I suspected. Right. And not just with the other person, but also with yourself. It's like, wait, you're doing this bad thing. And why? Why are you doing this? Why am I not enough? Like, it's a whole mind fuck. I hate it. Ugh. Um, One last thing before we get into the text. Can you just sort of set up what kind of guy is this? Like, what does he look like? You know, what's his personality? (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, So... I guess overall, he's kind of what you would picture to be like an all-American jock kind of guy. Um, A little bit bigger, into lifting weights, blonde hair. Um, But yeah, I mean, really charismatic and outgoing, able to have a conversation with people that he didn't know well, which is why it didn't make me suspicious necessarily that, you know, girls were texting him or people were texting him after he went out. Um, Yeah, just... I guess that kind of personality that you're kind of drawn to. Um, yeah. And then it's just toxic. Oh, gotcha. Let's get into it. I'm ready to hear this. Um, and what, what uh, do you have a, a, a pseudonym that you'd like to refer to him by? Um, I guess we can just say Jack. Yeah. Jack. Let's call him Jack. Yeah. So <laughs> like Jack off. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so after we broke up the first time, we ended up getting back together again. Mm -hmm. And 
after getting back together again, I was a little bit older at that time. And I began to realize the problems that were in our relationship and that had existed the entire time, but, um, the red flags were showing up for me. And I remember one day I was sick, um, and he had come over or whatever and was like taking care of me and, and I fell asleep and no big deal. Like great that he was there for me and everything. So then I went back to college and he ended up visiting me and from the previous times that he had cheated on me, I, he ended up falling asleep and I looked at his phone cause I was suspicious. I, I didn't trust him, which is, should be a red flag on its own. If you don't yeah. trust somebody to be at them. But that aside, I looked at his phone and I ended up finding text messages to another girl. And he pretty much, he was talking about how he was with his sick girlfriend, me, and he didn't want to be there. And if he could, he would be hanging out with her. Kill so- him. Kill him. <laughs> I unmuted to say that. Kill him. He's asleep. He's incapacitated. He's vulnerable. Just yeah. slit his throat. <laughs> so, but I didn't say I, I didn't say anything at the time. And I ended up going to class. And I had a guy friend in that class. And I kind of told him about the situation. And he's like, you know, I think the best thing for you to do would be to go back home, go talk to him and like, just sit down and be like, why, you know, why did you say this? What is happening? You know, have a conversation. And if you can't handle that, then just let him go. So I ended up going back and having a conversation with him and he ended up freaking out. Um, could not handle anything threw my phone at me. I had to give him $20 in gas to leave what and, uh, yeah can you can you um let, let me just can you just tell me sort of set the scene like when you you come back from class how yeah. did you broach the subject i was super calm i i feel like at that point i already knew the relationship was over and i was over it so you went um, shark eyes you know yeah so i was like you know whatever you say out of this conversation it's over for me but I did want to have like that calm conversation. So I, I remember sitting down with him on the futon and being like, Hey, I went through your phone. I saw these messages and I just want to know why you sent them and like why you thought that was okay. And he just immediately started flipping out. And I feel like anger was another big part of his personality. Um, just, he, he, yeah, he just, he could flip that switch, you know? Was he the kind so, of guy who would just like punch a wall? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he just, he couldn't have that conversation. He immediately got angry. Um, he ended up trying to look through my phone saying that I was the one that was cheating and like, oh I classic. yeah, I need like my phone had a lock on it and he's, and like, I shut it off and he's like, turning it back on being like, you're the one that's cheating. Like, this is you. And I'm like, I just wanted to have this conversation, but now it's very obvious to me that not only was something happening that shouldn't have been, but this that's happening between us shouldn't be. So you need to leave. And he threw a sob fest about how he didn't have gas money to get home and stuff. So I gave him $20 to get gas and question why, why he's so poor. Why he's so poor? 
I know, because he was with the wealth of women. Like, <laughs> they're all such sad boys. I mean, God, like, you really do have to send them away with cash sometimes and just be like, get out. <laughs> was I was like, here, take this money and go. Just leave. I don't want to ever, I don't want to talk to you again, you know? Like, it was did, very simple for me. Did he have a job? <laughs> At the time, I don't think he had a job. Oh no! Were you, how were you paying for things for him? Um, not. It was like it was a fifty-fifty relationship. I I wouldn't say that I was paying for everything for him, but there definitely were moments like when I would pay for stuff, and like my parents would pay for stuff for him when we did like family things together. That looking back, it was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a little, Probably, yeah, but, um, but it wasn't like fully, I was funding our relationship, mm. <laughs> but yeah, so that was what happened when we broke up the second time. And so that's kind of the intro into the text. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> so right off the bat, I can see the first text is at 3.21 AM. Oh, no. <laughs> the best time to send texts. So, um, this night I, like my best friends live next door to me. So I had been over at their house drinking and like just hanging out and stuff. Um, and we ended up going next door to where I lived, um, and just, just hanging out, like partying, chilling. And I didn't have, like my phone was on, but it wasn't by me and I wasn't paying any attention to it. And apparently the entire time that we were hanging out at my apartment, he was sending me these text messages. So um, all of these were sent on the same night consecutively. And there is pretty much, pretty much everyone is a new text message. Um, It wasn't just one big block of text. Oh God. (laughs) Nothing says I'm emotionally and psychologically stable like a stream of individual texts. <laughs> over Starting the, at 3.20 a.m. Yeah, for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. So he starts off and he says, I got you. Understand it. And then sends another text message where he has dropped a pin at my location. As if he is outside of my apartment. (gasps) No. And then he says, got ya. A bat is in a friendly wake up. (gasps) With me. And he knew one of the friends that I was at my apartment with. So he said, friend, being there isn't going to help. So acting like having my girlfriend being there with me wasn't going to help with whatever he was planning to do or was in his head or whatever and then he says lol we're here now we have been here what who's the guy question mark what what is what does he mean what what does he mean we we're here now we have been here (laughs) so um there was like another occurrence in like the second half of our relationship where i think he had a friend So he lived like two hours away from where I went to college, but I think he had a friend who lived 
right like nearby or went to the college or something who was accompanying him on these stalking runs (laughs) yeah i i think so so whenever he says we um i believe that to be him jack and his friend oh his goons yeah Yeah. i just love the idea of kyle kyle Get get in the van. We're gonna we're gonna go stalk my ex girlfriend. With a bat. Like we, what the? Fuck? Do we have to? Can't we just go see a movie? No, Kyle. We gotta go do this thing. It'll it's be not- fun. I'll make it fun for you. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, he never qualifies it by saying like who he is there with. He always just says we, which makes it sound creepier. like the purge. Yeah, it's yeah. so scary. Yeah. So then um, a couple minutes later, he texts again and he says, ha ha, well, not answering is a shame. Bad things are about to happen. And I just want to say I was in my apartment with four females. So there was no guy. Um, I don't, it was dark. So maybe he thought there was a guy. Um, At this point, did you consider calling the police? I mean, so uh, I didn't see any of these text messages at the time, which oh God. I'm thankful for because I, I don't know what would have happened if I would have interacted with him and texted back or gone outside or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't see these until the next morning when I woke up. Oh my God. That's terrifying. So he said, bad things are about to happen. And then he goes, you should tell him before he checks the door for people that are out here that he will lose his jaw when he leaves the door. Whoa. <laughs> like, like, your friend, like, like a Courtney being like, hey, it's like, you know, he's, it's not some big man. It's just your girlfriends and you're drinking white wine. Like, yeah. And then Jack shows up with a bat. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if a guy with a bat came to one of my girl wine nights, it would be a fucking mess. Like, also, I'm just wondering where does he find the entitlement? Like, why? Why does he think that he has any? Like, what is his reasoning for why he should be able to feel like he can beat the shit out of whatever guy you have over? Aren't you? Are you're broken up? Broken up by now, right? Oh yeah. Um. I mean, so I think part of this entitlement comes from the fact that I in his eyes disrespected him by breaking up with him and being like, we're not ever getting back together. And by making it clear that I was uninterested in going further in the relationship at all, ever. Um, So he just thought you should never date anyone else ever again. (laughs) He had shown tendencies in the relationship earlier that like, I was not allowed to have guy friends hang out with guys. Um, He would get really aggressive about it. And he would always accuse me of cheating, which I can now look back on and be like, Oh, well that's because you were cheating. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The epitome of entitlement here, though, driving two hours to stalk your ex-girlfriend at 3.20 at night. But not only that, but to, to talk other boys into accompanying you on this mission. Yeah. Like the psychology of these boys, I can only imagine they are just actual goons like, yes, boss, let's let's go. <laughs> you know, like I mean, to me, all of these text messages just read as like 
seriously psychotic. I mean, I don't know anybody who would do what he did, but also then send all these messages, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like a little about, um, without like giving anything away, like you're where you went to college and where you're in this apartment. Is it like an apartment building or like a duplex or? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so I went to college at a, a pretty small college in Illinois. Um, and so, I mean, there was a couple like apartment buildings, but most of the like apartments were more like duplexes where it was just houses, you know, it's like the top and the bottom of a house. Um, so my apartment was a home, um, and it was just the, the top apartment. So, I mean, he could, it wasn't like secure where you needed a card to get into it, or there was, you know, security cameras, or you couldn't see right you know, in through the windows, like if you're on the street, you could see anything that was happening. Oh, that's spooky. Horrible. That's horrible. Ugh. Um, okay. So he just said (laughs) that he was going to knock someone's jaw off when they leave, when, when they leave the door. Yep. And I'm guessing at this time, my friends may have left or I turned the lights off. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what happened, but he goes, let's play. Wow. Lights off. You want to play? Oh, like saw. Wow. That is terrifying. That is genuinely so sincerely terrifying. Well, then he throws a little temper tantrum because I'm not responding. And he goes, well, the situation is real. And these are all separate text messages. And he starts the countdown. 10, 9, 8. Seven, six, five, oh. four, three, two, one. Okay, bats out. Don't have him leave. It's going to fucking hurt. And you can tell her to STFU. We hear her. Oh my God. What? Who is he reacting to, I wonder? I think it's just my friend who, yeah. you know, we, we were just having a good time. Like we were <laughs> eating a huge bag of popcorn in my apartment, like dancing and hanging out, you know, Ooh. I mean. Truly yeah. bone chilling. Like the broader female experience. And it makes me so upset. Like it's just you and your girlfriends just having a very wholesome, nice time. And this like monster who genuinely should be in jail like lurking outside waiting to hurt like oh oh so then he follows up we hear her with come on leave we're waiting stop looking you won't find us so there's 11 of us there's 11 of us <laughs> a school bus like yeah, a school what? a school it's bus 11, full of like psycho the- men <laughs> Isn't 11 like the devil's number or something? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, like, why do you need 11 people to stalk? Like, what, what, they don't even need 11 people. He, he must be drunk or high or something. I mean, all I can imagine is him outside in a car with his buddy getting wasted. Yeah, yeah that's what I suspect is happening. Also, stop looking. You won't find us. Like, we're, d- did somebody go outside or did he think someone was looking for him or did you maybe somebody went to the window and he was like stop looking 
I mean, maybe, but so my apartment was like the second floor of a home Mm -hmm. and there was this little like um, Juliet balcony kind of. Uh. So I'm thinking maybe somebody went out there and he thought that was us looking for him. Uh, That's the only thing that I could think of when I read these. I, I mean, I wasn't reading them at the time that he sent them. So we wouldn't be like looking out the front windows for anybody. Right. Yeah. He thought everything was about him and absolutely none of it was. <laughs> oh my God. So he said, there's 11 of us. And then he said, you can blow your smoke. Either way, I find out who and I fucking delete him. What the hell? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on here, but he swore a lot in these messages. Oh, 100%. You can swear. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Yeah. Is that, that's, that's, and that's how it ends? No. Um, there is, oh. <laughs> there's a couple more. I was praying. I was praying it would be. So the final messages are, we are scared. Oh, you made such a mistake. Sam, okay, I'm about to fuck your life up. Fucking fuck yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, that's what End scene. And that's the last thing he says? And that's the last thing he says. What did you do? Okay, so when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> you see these. What do you think? You know, I, I think... <laughs> Which I think says a lot, actually, because, like, seeing these and not really being shocked by a person sending them is, like, the the fact that I could see a person sending them in the first place is, like, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, But I remember calling and talking to my mom. um, And my, like, I sent my mom the text messages. And she ended up going to the police station and being, we put out a restraining order. Good. you know, Good I don't mom. want this guy around my daughter. Mm-hmm. And they said that they can't do that because I was above 18 years old. So I would have to put one out myself. Okay. Um, and I actually didn't know that she did that until years later. Wow. Yeah. Oh, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that out and I was like, wow, mom, I, you know, I, I think if I had maybe heard that she had done that, um, and we had talked about it, I may have done it, but I didn't put out a restraining order or do anything, which I think, like, I think to me, I had kind of normalized all this behavior. And like the biggest takeaway for me um, would be that like, this is not normal. And like, I think sometimes it's it's romanticized as a guy really wanting you and only you and looking out for you and being protective of you. And this isn't protective at all. It's crazy. Right. Like stalking and threatening. I don't think there's anything romantic about I'm about to fuck your life up. No, (laughs) no. But I mean, I think we all see, um, we all see like certain TV shows and, and movies now that do romanticize this notion of a guy, you know, having this like overly like obsessive to anybody else being able to have you. And I think, you know, like I said before, I was young and dumb and I, I thought that it was okay for somebody to 
to do that mm-hmm. and like to talk to me that way and to stalk me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it was, yeah. and now like, I look back at them and I saw, you know, your, your comment in Chicago murderinos. And I was like, Oh, I've got one. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, you do. Like I, but you're right. We, we see it as we see it all the time in TV and oh, film. The and- Rick Grimes in Love Actually. Or I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who shows up at, at her door, she's married and is like showing him the signs. I mean, that's sort of your classic yeah. example. I mean, at least that's nice. Like at least that, I mean, it's that's not okay. Yeah, but, but it's it's, it's not, not threatening like- in the movie, but in real life when it happens, what? it always carries like an implicit threat. Mm. I know where you live. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about you i don't care that you're married i don't care that you're not interested in me i'm going to i'm going to do this at you at your at at the place where you feel safest like i've dated someone who was violent right because it sounds like jack is violent obviously he is and like you kind of just wave it off like well this is just how he and his friends are this is just kind of how they grew up they're rough and tumble they're you know like you think of any excuse just to make it seem normal because it's so outside of the scope of normalcy like yeah I'm so glad that nothing happened oh my god yeah I mean I think other people hear like these text messages and, and like my story and stuff and are like how did you not realize that is so wrong and get out of it sooner and it's like well I didn't know at the time and if I had known then what I know now, I would have never, you know, engaged with him and, you know, even been around him, but I didn't, you know, right. I, so I, I think it's just important for, you know, people to hear that, like, it does happen. You do engage with individuals that you shouldn't mm-hmm. and that's okay. But like, when you see red flags like this, just completely cut them out of your life. You know, it's not worth it to go any further with them. Yeah. You don't want to oh, go ahead, Sarah. Sorry, have you spoken to him since? No. Do you know where he is now? Um, Without giving away his identity? Yeah, so um, he is living in like the same town. And yes, actually- of course he is. Fucking of course he is. <laughs> um, when we broke up, another one of the reasons that we had broken up for the second time was because he, I had also seen that he was messaging some um, some girl about like meeting up for coffee or whatever. And I also thought, you know, you don't do that when you're in a relationship. Like that's mm-hmm. weird. That's odd. And he tried to explain his way out of it, but um, he actually ended up marrying her. So. <gasps> Well, I guess good for him, but also like clearly it wasn't just meeting up for coffee. <laughs> yeah, I did, right? Uh, and I'm sure he's still meeting up for coffees with people that aren't his yeah. wife. Like, I'm sure he's still attending frat parties. <laughs> <laughs> he's still grown ass man. Yeah. Hey kids, like <laughs> yeah. oh that's Jack. <laughs> Jack so never moved are, on. <laughs> how about you? Like, are you in a good place now? Are you all right? Yeah, I I'm actually married. Oh, oh that's great. <laughs> the Courtney, the girlfriend from the no <laughs> girl next door. Married to one of the guys that he did not want me hanging out with, okay. and um, he has been the exact opposite of everything that Jack was, and has shown me that that is not what a man is. Um, so yeah, I'm in a good place now, and. I look back on this and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But he's 
super supportive. Um, and even like me deciding to kind of share this with all of you guys, he's supportive of that because he knows that the reason I want to do it is to let other people know that it's okay to go through it and kind of normalize it. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I'm so happy it has such yeah. a wonderful ending because it could have been <laughs> really bad and involving a baseball bat. <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm. Th- thank you so much for uh, for doing the show. Sam, um, and uh, I'm so glad you're okay, and that it all turned out great. Like I'm not okay, but I'm glad. Like at this point, I'm like, okay, I need to like, decompress. Uh, Oh Lord! All right, Uh, I've been Brad Pike, and I've been Sarah, and I I still am right now. (laughs) Uh, Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash devilsdaughterpodcast. Our theme music is by Groovebox, a.k.a. Dylan Carey, who has a comedy special on YouTube. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at underscore groovebox underscore. Editing by Gabby Gottlieb with production help from Jason Ryder. Special thanks to Patreon subscribers April Adams, Andrew Akraboff, Sam Bowers, Ann Welty, and Susie Carroll. And if you like this podcast, check out one of our other Devil's Daughter podcasts like Talking Shop, in which hosts James Dugan and Rob Grabowski interview comedians in the Chicago comedy community about life, comedy, and everything in between. Or Dear Diarrhea, a podcast where guests read their embarrassing diary entries, poetry, music, and stand-up. And Devil's Daughter is now offering online improv workshops and classes through partnerships with local BIPOC improv teams and donations to social justice organizations. Your class tuition helps fund and grow our community. Check out Devil's Daughter's Instagram and Facebook for more information. Devil's Daughter. Devil's Daughter. Devil's Daughter. Hey, Devil's Daughter. I remember them.